Rusty May is a practical, deeply passionate educator and a former basketball coach committed to helping teachers create connected, caring, working relationships with every student. In this episode of the Big Picture Social Emotional Life Skills podcast, Rusty provides us with unique, highly educated insights and responses for interacting with even the most challenging students that walk into our schools and classrooms. Rusty was the son of a three-star general who tended to parent as a three-star general by emphasizing punishments over communication and thoughtful age-appropriate discipline and guidance. Rusty's childhood experiences were pretty rough made all the rougher by the fact that his home was a different military base every two years. So he can really relate to many of the challenges of disconnection that today's youth are experiencing, even if they're not growing up in military families. Rusty and I shared a conversation that will provide you with a wealth of evidence-based, feet-on-the-ground, time-saving, effortless-to-implement tools that can support you in generating more positive, and productive learning environments. My name is Nini White. I am so glad you're here, and I really hope you'll share this episode with teachers and parents who you think might appreciate and benefit from its contents. Thanks. Rusty May, hi, hello. It's been 12 years that we've known each other, and I've always had so much respect for you because you really care about helping teachers build healthy educational relationships in their classrooms. Um, Emphasis on healthy, emphasis on educational, and emphasis on relationships. But I know you started, you were a coach for like 20 years, basketball, and you're a really athletic guy. So how did this direction happen for you? How come you became so committed to, to, to what you're doing now? Well, if you think about trying to get young kids to do things like, you know, athletics and getting them to follow you and to understand why you're doing certain things and why you have to run and and do those kinds of things. As a coach, you have to connect with the kids first before they're going to listen to any of the other stuff that you have to share. And I think that's absolutely critical. and, And I know it's critical in the classroom and even more so today as we're dealing with more and more kids who are coming to us from uh, from challenging backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. Good. What is your background? Well, I grew up in a military family and I, you know, I, I, I would tend to think that for that time frame, I was born in the sixties that, that for that time frame it was relatively normal, but there was, my father was a three-star general in the air force. So he didn't have any, uh, really didn't really have any discipline skills. He had punishment skills, corporal punishment. <laughs> Corporal punishment was used. Um, we were we were put on restrictions. Um, there was it was always very. It wasn't about teaching. It was about punishing, and that's you know, the difference between discipline and punishment. To oh, me, is sure. is it about you or is it about me? And it was always about to trying to tell them who was in charge, and it was my way or the highway. And oh, that kind sure. of approach these days, um, you know, it, it doesn't really work. And the kids are coming from environments that they don't have that kind of. You don't have that kind of, of, of environment in the home life, and then you come to school and you think that maybe you can force these kids to to do what you want them to do, and that that doesn't work. And if you try to to be too easy on them and and you know give them way too much leeway, that doesn't work either. So 
finding a middle path and trying to connect with the kids around the idea of their educational road or their educational journey was something that was very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So you uh, went to back to school and became, uh, you got a degree in counseling? Yeah, I got my master's in counseling um, and went back to school thinking that I was going to help protect uh, teachers from students like me. Uh-huh. And then, you know, what I found out very early into the into the process was is that I had, you know, a caseload of 30 or 40 kids that I would see every week. And I was working with them and connecting with them and doing all the things that I thought would help them, um, uh, you know, feel more comfortable in school. And what was happening was is that they were very comfortable with me and they were very comfortable coming to my room and doing the 30 minute sessions once a week, but it wasn't necessarily transitioning uh, or translating into the classroom. So I really very quickly realized that I wanted to share what I knew about creating healthy educational relationships with the adults in the building. Because if you ask teachers, they, they, they almost to, you know, almost all of them will say that they're, you know, they're excellent at connecting with kids. That's why they got into the business and so forth. But today that's a different kid that's coming to us. And also there in a classroom of 30 kids, there's probably, you know, 26, 27 that you do connect with, but then there's going to be three or four that are just kind of a little bit outside of your understanding, or they're dealing with stuff that may be outside of your understanding, the demographic differences between our teacher populations and the students that are coming to us, trauma in the household in the first four years of life, uh, affecting a kid's ability to bond to an adult, no matter who they are. Yeah. Um, and then, and that, you know, and, and low socioeconomic situations, um, you know, with the free and reduced lunch and the kids who are coming from really stressed out environments because of, of those kinds of issues, they're, it, it's, it's more difficult to connect with them. Um, and so I wanted to, you know, come up with some concrete, simple things that teachers could do, add to their repertoire, not additional work, not lesson planning, not going out and, you know, creating, 30 minute lesson plans to teach kids socials. We hear so much about that character education, social, emotional learning, yep. all those things. And, and most teachers, when they hear that, it's like, Oh my God, you yeah. know, yeah. more work for me. Yep. Um, and so I, I wanted to come up with, and I'm, I'm currently writing a new book called the school bond, what money doesn't buy. And it's uh, you know, we're working on just coming up with a real simple textbook that says, here are the things that I know that work. These are things you can do on a daily basis that, you don't take extra time to do, and, and these things will improve your relationships with all the kids in your class. Hmm. Well, get that book written, Rusty. Um, yes, I'm a four-year-old <laughs> and a three-year-old right now, so it's uh, and and we moved to Portugal, so I'm a little bit in the transition stage and, and oh. a lot of different things. But I am I'm definitely working on it. We have a hopefully by the by the end of this school year well, is is the plan, but working to make that a little faster. Okay. Well, good. We're rooting for you. Um, Do you want to give us some simple ideas now for the listeners to use right away to help them create relation, you know, to build the kinds of relationships that work for everybody, the teachers and the kids? Yeah. Well, first I I want to just real quickly, again, it's important that we understand bonding, you know, and part of the idea of bonding is a child in the first four years of life develops the capacity for bonding not only with adults, but with other human beings based on their experiences with the most significant adult in their life. So if it's a mother or a father from a single family home, if it's two parents, usually one parent more than the other, 
But if you can imagine some of the kids that are coming into your classroom that have a significant adult in their life, they learn their bonding skills from that adult. And those are the skills that they're using currently in your classroom. And a lot of times what we're dealing with is the fact that these kids simply do not have the ability or they don't have the, the, the trust level Mm-hmm. necessary to bond with any adult. So it's not mm-hmm. our fault. You know, you just think, oh, it's your fault. You're not connecting with this. It's not, right. it's not about fault. The kid simply is not wired to connect. Mm-hmm. So we have to, what we, the, the most important thing we have to do is create an environment where we, we bifurcate their existence and help the kid understand from the moment you walk onto this campus to the moment you leave, everything is different in your life. It couldn't be any closer to the idea of Harry Potter and Hogwarts. You come to a special place into a special classroom with a very special adult that you can trust. And I'm going to show you that. And I'm going to model that on a daily basis so that you know that when you get here, the rules are the same. There is no punishment. There may be discipline. There may be consequences, but there's not going to be punishment. You don't have to be afraid of telling the truth. You don't have to be afraid of, of some of the things that you might deal with at home. Um, and, and really drive that point home in our schools and in our classrooms. That's critical. That's a, a key point is to help them understand that school is different and that their teacher is a different type of adult. And that, and again, going to, to making sure that they understand that, hey, I, this is a place I can learn how to do things differently. And for a lot of kids, I, I work with middle school in some of the toughest neighborhoods in San Francisco. And I would tell them specifically on Fridays afternoons, don't try any of this stuff at home. You know, this isn't, this is not the kind of stuff that you can take to your home and think that it's going to work in your neighborhood or in, in the environment that you're growing up in. So helping them understand that this is a different place and and really making that the the focal point of what we do is critical. Okay. Now I, I don't understand that. What do you, what, like what should they not take home and why is that? What would happen if they did? Well, imagine talking to a kid about a problem solving strategy, which is, which we used to use in counseling all the time. I feel when you, because I want, that's the way we would say it too. I feel mm-hmm. sad when you're mean to me because I I don't like it. I want you to to be nice to me or whatever it happens to be. Okay. If you're, if you're living in a neighborhood, that's kind of, that's not the kind of thing that you walk up to somebody. You know, I, I don't like it when you sell drugs in my neighborhood. Yeah. Or if your parent has has a significant uh, challenge in their life and you go home and you say, you know, mommy, I really don't like it when you do this or that, that could be a very, that could be a very dangerous situation to put a kid into. And it's also something that I encourage you not to ask them to do with bullies. If they have a significant bully in their life, the idea that a victim type personality should talk to a bully basically what you're doing is giving the bully ammunition against that kid. It's not something that we should do. So you need, you need to have different strategies for different parts of your life and school Hmm. being a very special place and a very important place in the development of these young people. Hmm. Think about it. A lot of these kids come to us at seven. They don't leave till five. We've got access to these kids. We feed them two or three meals a day. I mean, this is really a lot more about how much access we do have and what we can do with that time. Yeah. Beautiful. So do kids understand? Um, that's just fascinating to me that you help kids uh, compartmentalize their lives in a way that is going to work for them instead of uh, kind of compartmentalize them. 
so that they get to see that there are different environments for different strategies and you help them to understand those differences. I think that's a real step into reality that is definitely empowering for them. How do they react when you, when you tell them that? You know, I, do, I don't think that most of them are very, you know, again, you're talking to, a, to an immature brain at this stage anyway. So, so much of what we talk about when we're dealing with these kinds of things, it's, it's kind of like a Chinese water torture. Over a period of a long period of time, this stuff's eventually going to start to sink in. Yep. But what we really have to do is, is do less talking and more modeling in the way that we interact with the kids yeah. and the, the kinds of things we talk about and the way that we comport ourselves. I, I see teachers all the time telling kids to stop and think when they have a problem. And then there's a problem in the classroom and the teacher becomes very reactive. Mm-hmm. So we're telling the kids to stop and take a deep breath and not to do, you know, to, to think. And then at the same time, we're becoming very reactive to the situations in our classroom. So first and foremost, as educators, it's, it's not about telling the kid. It's about creating an environment and modeling the behaviors that we want, because that's what they're, they're looking at us. They're not listening to us. They can't listen to us. Their brain is, you know, they're in the back of the brain working forward. We don't get to the, right. you know, the, the frontal cortex until 24 25 i mean this is this is stuff that just you know you put all the posters on the wall that you want that say you know do your best try your hardest and it's just like kids are looking at that going i don't have any idea what that means right unless we're showing them and that's the that's the most important thing is modeling these behaviors yeah beautiful well good what more do you want to tell us i mean do you want are you ready to give us some simple ideas or what, what else do you want to share with us yeah i think the the three areas that it's it's, it's the most important uh, areas that are, are that they connect with you the classroom teacher and and for that a simple tool is is that you own the door classroom is the most place in the classroom and every time you're going that needs to be a place that yourself and that you are making contact with those kids, making eye contact with them, making, making either a positive statement, maybe a high five routine, a shaking hands routine, welcoming them, welcome, welcoming them into mm-hmm. your classroom or, you know, and saying, I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow, making a positive comment about, you know, mm-hmm. behavior as opposed to accomplishment. Mm-hmm. The door is the place that will give you so much information. And it's also a place where you'll see kids. If, if you're in a you know, parking lot of an elementary school in the morning and you see some of these kids get dropped off, you know, they get, it, it almost looks like a drive-by. You know, the kid gets you know, basically thrown out of the car and, and the parent drives away and the kids walks in the front door and, and then they're told that they have mandatory yeah. reading time for the first uh, yeah. 50 minutes or whatever of the classroom. You'll, you'll find out who that kid is if you're at the door and you can see their face when they come in. You can give them an opportunity to do something else or separate them from the rest of the class and get everybody else started so that you can make contact with them. Also coming in from recess, did they just lose at a game? Were they just bullied? What was going on outside? Um, finding out who these kids are. Uh, and, the, and the classroom door is a place where you can do that. Just simply positioning ourselves at the door and making our safe self available as kids come and go is, is a very simple kind of thing that, that can really, really have an impact on kids. And the eye contact thing, the most recent research that we have on, on parents and children is, is that the, the amount of average amount of time that parents and children spend in eye contact in a given week is anywhere between six and 15 minutes. Uh- that's not sitting on a couch and watching yes. a television. That's not sitting at a yes. table and eating or riding in a car. 
that's eye contact and making eye contact with these kids, getting down at their level, saying hello to them, welcoming them, using their names. These are things that we do the first couple of weeks of school. And then we stop doing it. And as soon as the bell rings, we think about whatever the next lesson or whatever we need to be doing. And we, we stop it and get to the door, make that door a primary place of, of, of positioning in beautiful, your class. Beautiful. Very powerful. Peer tools. Um, for me, the most important peer tool is the, uh, you can use the Friday survey. Every Friday, depending on the kids, the age of the kids, if you've got kindergarten, first, second grade, you can do this um, in a different way. But what you want to do, uh, especially with the older kids, is you want to survey the students and ask them two questions. If, if I can make it happen, who are the two or three kids that you would like to sit, sit next to next week and change the, the, uh, the seating chart? And the other question is, who's the kid who showed you know, the most school spirit or the most class spirit, or who was the, the kid that showed the most character, whatever your, whatever your word is within your particular uh -huh. classroom, um, which kid showed, you know, the most enthusiasm this week. And what that survey is going to tell you is who are the leaders and who are the kids who are getting right. left behind. And once you understand what, what's going on, it'll give you a ton of information about Little, you know, groups of kids who are very good friends. A lot of times with young girls, you have friendships that will break up or kids will be best friends with someone else. That's the kind of information that you can use to effectively, um, you know, really help you understand what's going on in your classroom. And then again, the seating chart. How effectively are you using the seating chart? Are you grouping kids based on strengths? Are you, are you trying to put kids together, trying to set kids who are a little bit outside of the, the you know, the popular group with other kids, giving them opportunities to, to connect at different levels through things that they're good mm -hmm. at. So how we connect the kids and finding out more about our students is a really powerful tool strategy or peer strategy. Very good. Anything else? Very good. With the subjects, with the subject matter, it's research that I've done recently on what's called uh, presenter immediacy. Immediacy is how we present our information. Now, mo most of the time you talk to teachers about differentiated uh, instruction and they just cringe. It's like, yeah. oh, my God, a separate lesson plan for every kid. That's not what this is. What this is is understanding how you present your material, how you use your hands, how you smile, how you engage, eye contact, movement around the classroom. Are you getting around to the kids? Are you touch putting your hand on a table? all the kinds of things, how you present the information personally is, is so yeah. much more important than how, than the information yeah. itself. There's a lot of other things that we can do, but, but just understanding the, in, the, the immediacy of how we connect as a speaker, there's certain, certain speakers you go in and you sit down and immediately you're engaged and you don't, you, you're not sure why. Well, if you want to, you know, if you Google speaker immediacy or presenter immediacy, they'll give you 10 or 15 tips right off the bat of things that you can look at in, in your own style of whether it's, you know, fluctuating your voice going very high or you know, getting down real low and changing the tone of your voice. A lot of teachers now are using microphones in the classroom 
And oftentimes what, what that happens is, is yes, that they, they have a, a very loud presence, but it's the same tone and whatever that tone is, it becomes redundant and the kids start yeah, to tune you yeah. up. So do, do that. And then the other thing that we do as teachers is we try to make it all fair. So once we call on a kid, usually if we say, Hey, do you know the answer to this question? We ask a kid and that means we're not going to go back to them. So always try to make sure that you're doing randomization when you're calling on kids, whether it's through a computer and you can get one on your phone, any kind of, you know, name generator or whatever happens to be, turn it into a game show. So the kids are, as soon as they answer a question, they don't just tune out, you know, just Uh keep it random. Cool. And then the last one, and and again, going back to the Harry Potter analogy, the, the, uh, the the school tools that you can use in terms of, um, you know, school wide stuff is, is create the clans, the, uh, the houses in Harry Potter, we're seeing more and more schools around the country doing that where they, they yeah. separate the, the school into, into four groups and they use that. Um, and the meet and greet in the parking lot, the principal and, and the, uh, you know, the main, the main players um, as, as often as possible um, can be out in the parking lot saying hello to people and, and making that connection and reinforcing that idea that once you step onto this campus, it's a different place. So welcome here. You're safe here. Things are going to be fine here. Come on in the door. Everything's going to be okay. Um, and we're going to take it from here. Thank the parents and then, you know, get, get going wow. on your business. It's very different from the school I went to. <laughs> yeah. All yeah, of us yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to put your uh, contact information in the, this episode's notes, but do you want to tell us right off how we could get a hold of you, how people can get a hold of you and learn more? Yeah, well, my, my master's thesis actually was the creation of what I do right now, which is called schooltoolstv.com. And it's a one day, you know, you, you listen to webcasts like this and then you, or, or a podcast, and then you're, you're excited for 15 minutes and then you're overwhelmed with the idea of right. how do I, you know, put this into yeah. practice. But I, I create a one-minute daily video for, for the K2, I have K2, uh, 3.6, and then I have a, a for the older kids as well. It's a daily one-minute video that talks about everything that we just talked about, and it's reinforcing all this stuff, and, and teachers just access it on their smart board or, you know, in, in their, on their computer and, and uh, project it up onto the, the screen, however they uh-huh. access that. And it, it's just a constant daily reminder of of these kinds of things and we create conversation from a distance and i come in your classroom every day i talk to the kids about the skills that i just yeah. talked to you about um yeah. and i reinforce it not only for the kids but more often than not i get from teachers you know this reminded me of abc or this reminded me that i needed to be doing these kinds of things and so it's a constant um you know it, it's just a constant what i hope to be a helpful create uh, tool that that helps to create those relationships. Cause at the end of the day, the teacher is the most important cog in this yeah. wheel, the, the boots on the ground, the, you know, the absolute uh, creators of the future and anything that we can do to help them is, is what's important. Beautiful. And how long have you been offering this and what, what kinds of comments have teachers or students uh, given back to you? What kind of feedback have you had? Well, I created the show in 2003. Um, we were we got onto the internet after, shortly after that, so it's been on you know 15 wow. years. And um, you know most of most of the, most of the feedback that we get from teachers is that oh you you read my wow. mind. It's that's exactly the problem we were having in my class. Or every you know it's it's it, at least once a week we have uh, you know a, a similar. And you're not reading anyone's mind. You're talking about the kinds of things that right. we all deal with in the classroom situation. So. 
um, it's, it's, it's very powerful in that regard from the kids. I mean, it, it, it's been, um, you know, it's been very humbling. I mean, I, I actually had, a, I was talking on one of the shows I was talking about, um, the voices in our heads and how we talk to ourselves and being more positive and so forth. And had a little kid go up to her teacher and tell the teacher, I've got voices in my head and they're telling oh. me to do mean things. And they were able to, uh, to get her talking to somebody. And it was, it was oh. a very powerful kind of a thing, but the most important thing is that the kids really seem to connect to me when I get to visit schools. Um, you know, that they, they like the, they like the commercial type format. They like the daily um, redundancy of it all. They, you know, they like the fact that it's very, they know exactly how it's going to go and they know what the ending is and they all say it together. And it, it you know, again, it creates a common language of success and it, it gives them all a point of connection. Wow, beautiful. Could somebody sample this? Let's, yeah, there's a 30-day free trial online, and if, if if somebody tells me that they heard about it on your uh, podcast, I'm more than happy to extend that for another month. I've given 60 days free if they wow. want to try it, but it it's the kind of thing where you, if you get it and, and you like it, it's you, you don't need yeah. 60 days. I mean, your kids will buy into it. Yeah. You like it. Um, they'll they'll be repeating the ending of the show by you know the end of the first week, and you're like, yeah, this is something oh. I can add to. You know, because again, it's one minute. That was another thing going back to just not right. adding more right. more layers it's just one minute you click on it and then you take roll and next thing you know yeah. you're off and, and running and and that's true you don't need to beat people into the head when something's right you know oh got it yeah got it especially with kids fantastic mm-hmm. rusty thank you thank you well congratulations on everything you're doing i know when we first met you were trying to figure out how you were going to get involved in all this and it sounds like you're doing great so congratulations i'm Glad to be a part of your journey. Are your journey? Thank you. You're you're a very supportive person in everything you do, and I have absolute respect for you. Um, so good. Thank you, Rusty. We'll be in touch. Okay. All right. Have All a right. great day, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Learn more about Rusty and his offerings at www.schooltoolstv.com and take him up on his offer to give you two months rather than a one-month free trial to his daily videos. All you have to do is mention that you learned about him on this podcast to get that extra free month. And if you do take him up on his offer, I would love to hear what kinds of responses and effects start showing up as a result with your students meantime thank you for all that you do and if you haven't already please subscribe because this podcast is just starting to shine a light on all the great people who are building belonging in and out of today's school environments for everyone's healthy social emotional and life skills development